Buckle up, hotties. It's time to talk some hoops. Welcome to Crunch Wears No Pants with Brandon, Nate, and Jordan. What's poppin', panty people? Welcome to Crunch Wears No Pants. I am Jordan, no nickname Alamat. That's Brandon Beck. That's Nate Knight Alsdurf. And we are the bosses, I think, of the hoops department of PullTabSports.com. And we are powered exclusively by Jimmy's Dips and Joe Mama's Salsa. There's nothing else in our bodies besides water. That's we, eat, we eat water. We eat dip. We eat <laughs> yeah. salsa. Plain. What, are, what is like the water percentage breakdown? Like the human body is 70% well, water. It should the be other 70%. 30%, yeah, it's flip-flop. The other 30% is Jimmy's Dips yeah. and Joe Mama's Salsa. 100%. Uh, let's see. Let's see, we did the sponsor plugs, we did the website plug. We haven't done the icebreaker question, though, gentlemen. This one's going to be good this week, I promise, because I thought about it. Um, Elon Musk. Great start. (laughs) That's it. That's the icebreaker question. He bad. (laughs) Right on a scale from good to bad. Well, hang on. Uh, He, he, can you believe it? He created a Timberwolves theme time machine, but only works for two events, and you get to go back and undo one of them. There's only enough musk juice for one of them. <laughs> you can only undo one of these scenarios. Are you ready? So are you giving us the two yes. scenarios? Okay. Yes. Are you ready to receive them? Okay. Yes. Yep. I don't think you are. Much like how the world wasn't ready to receive the gift of baby Jesus a couple days ago. You're not ready for these uh, two things. Okay. The two things are Joe Smith's, the Joe Smith signing or the Jimmy Butler trade. You get to undo one of those things. Which Jimmy Butler trade? The one that brought him to the Timberwolves. Oh, the Joe Smith contract. Yeah, Easy. yeah. Definitely. The revisionist history that the Wolves were not good when they got Jimmy Butler is so dumb. Yeah, but it was so bad and sad to watch because it was like a soulless team. Okay, here's the deal. I, I, Tom, I agree with you. That's Joe Smith. If Tom but, Thibodeau had just done a better trade of Jimmy Butler when he requested out. Oh, yeah. Then that would have no been problem. like there would have been no Wait, problems with yeah. that. You don't like Rocco and Dario Saric? I love Rocco and Dario Saric. <laughs> it's absurd that we traded Jimmy Butler for two role players <laughs> and no picks. So did we really not get any picks? Not even a second rounder? I don't think so. We might. Was there a second rounder? I don't think I there's any picks. I mean, but regardless, it's moot. But yeah, it's, it's going to take a while for me to dig this up. So well, it doesn't matter. That value. But yeah, it's a Joe Smith trade because that like that derailed the Kevin Garnett tenure and just wasted. The number also, two big man of all time. Also, or just one. like an insanely over-the-top punishment. Like, did you see that the Knicks yeah. just got like a second round pick revoked for tampering with Jalen Brunson, but the Timberwolves tampered with <laughs> Joe Smith, and it's like you lose 48 first round picks. <laughs> this goes into like a theory I have. I think the NBA wants the Timberwolves to be the punching bags always because they just keep giving us the shaft. The refs give us the shaft. The punishment is the shaft. Um, I, I also have a, well, yes, yes, Brandon, you're raising a finger. They did get a second round pick and another player in the Jimmy Who Butler trade. To? They also got Jared Bayless, lest we forget. That's right. Yeah. Wolves, great. Former random wolf of the week, Jared Bayless. And a second round pick that we used this season to draft Mateo. future MVP, Mateo Spagnuolo. Let's go! Yes. Okay. Yes. The trade could be a double. No, it worked out already. I'm kind of into Mateo. <laughs> I was thinking about this today. When did we bring up Spagnolo? Rede- has fully redeemed the trade for Jally. I'm into it. I love a foreign white guy. Domestic yeah. white guy? Yeah. Fuck out of here. I'm so excited. Jally for- went from Ricky Rubio to Leandro Balmaro and <laughs> Mateo Spagnolo is the new guy. So uh, Ricky, Ricky's from Spain. Leo's from Argentina. 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 And where is Mateo from? 
also Spain? I thought he was also Spain. Okay. Hang I, was, on. I thought we were maybe like working our way around. Let's talk that. about Balmaro. So you guys know like after World War II when they did the trials and He's Italian. He's Italian. We should have known. Oh yeah, Spagnolo. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we both did Spagnolo. <laughs> Hang on. So Leandro Balmaro from Argentina. You know how after World War II all of the I don't want to say the word, all the bad people from Germany, they mm. like went to trial and got relocated to Argentina. Are we sure that Balmaro doesn't have some problematic blood in him? No, he's not blonde haired. He's a he's a full on Argentinian. We'll dig into this. For How the do, next the, do the Balmaros celebrate Octoberfest? Is what next, I want to know. Next bonus segment is entirely the lineage. <laughs> this, is a, this is a real deep, Leo a real Balmaro. deep dive into Leandro Balmaro's ancestry and Leandro, the icebreaker question. Leo's grandparents were they Nazis? Okay, um, let's, I hope not. You know, yeah. I feel Hot really take. bad about that jersey that I bought. If that's the case. <laughs> I have, like, I have a Balmaro jersey and some Kanye albums and vinyls. Like, oh, Jordan no, is <laughs> is not aging well at all. <laughs> oh, God. Let's talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves, shall me. So, shall me. Shall me with my friends, shall <laughs> we. It's just Jally going on this yeah, one. really set himself up there. There's going to be a lot of Go Bears lander. Um, the vibes, interesting, maybe. I don't know. We'll talk about the vibes. We broke it down into, th- we're trying a new How is the Vibe segment with a thesis statement and three supporting paragraphs, each handled by one of us. Kind of. We'll see how that goes. And then we're going to have the first annual <laughs> Crunch Wars No Pants Year End Panty Award Extravaganza. The fuck when P The fuck when P pays. The Spagnolo special. So we'll go through and give our 2022 awards to people that we think deserve them. Complete with an in memoriam segment. <laughs> and then classic random the wolf, wolf of, of the, the week. Oh, wow. Guess that wolf. But before we do any of that, we have to talk about freaking James. Dipperton. You're really digging in on the James Dipperton it's angle. Funny. On this. It's funny to he's, make it proper. He's building the backstory. Yeah. Well, Jimothy Dipperton. <laughs> Jimmer Fredette. <laughs> Future Wolf. Jimmer Fredette. <laughs> Shockingly enough. No, Jimmy's Dips. Okay, so you've heard us talk about the Jimmy's Dips caramel, right? They have the standard. They got the sea salt. It's by the apples in your Cubs or your high V's, okay? Um, after the holidays, Thanksgiving and, and, and Christmas, you might be feeling a little bit like, oh, I had too much pork roast and I had too many sugar cookies and I feel like absolute garbage because I ate so much unhealthy stuff. Well, like Brandon said last week, Jimmy's Caramel Dips will help you increase your apple intake, which is a great alternative to, I don't know, a bunch of mini M&Ms. And if it keeps the doctors away. So if you hate doctors. They're not coming anywhere near you. Yeah. Doctor repellent. Yeah. Jimmy's dips. Which is big. <laughs> it's big. So Jimmy's dips, they'll help you eat more apples. They'll help you eat more vegetables because they have veggie dips. I'm, I can almost guarantee that any Minnesotans had Jimmy's dips because they have a great placement in Target. It was uh, the veggie dip. I was at one of my, uh, I think it was at my niece's birthday party or something. And they had Jimmy's veggie dip just in the center, unrelated wow. to our advertising. And I was like, look at that. Influence. Well, I heard it was your niece's birthday party? I think so. I'm trying to remember what the what the context was. I heard, it was my niece's baptism. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. <laughs> they <laughs> baptized her in Jimmy's baptism. Yes. Sponsored by Jimmy's dip. Jimmy's dip's caramel different. A caramel cross. Just <laughs> It's dry. The, that's what happens. You get baptized with the caramel dip, and then the pastor dips it in the basement. The body of you shed for me. So, dude, go cop your Jimmy's dips. All right, the caramel dip, which uh, I think is still in season. I think that's year-round, but if it's not, I cop the veggie dip. You'll be like, hey, how do I know if it's Jimmy's dips? We'll say Jimmy's on it in a green cursive font. So just uh, freaking get it. It's also red on the caramel, so I shouldn't, I shouldn't just assign them the color. But that's Jimmy's dips. 
This is the vibes. Real sports journalism is dead. We only care about vibes now. How are the vibes, gentlemen? Since we last recorded, the Wolves are three and six, three six mafia, but um, no pop in my collar. Haha, <laughs> that's a Memphis uh, hip hop joke. Nice. Within those wins, there was a 150 point dismantling of the Bulls, which was reminiscent of last year. They lost and had a team meeting, which last year, whenever yeah, the were. Wolves beat someone, like there'd be like. <laughs> The Nets are calling a team meeting or something. It's like, well, okay, we broke your spirit. That's great. Um, and then within those losses, there were mind-boggling ball drops versus Portland. Those games sucked. Um, we lost to an undermanned one of, one of the Portland games sucked. The, the other one, one was the other one, like they played pretty well, and I think Portland just like made some tough shots. Mm-hmm. The second one was bad. It was Dame. It was fun to see Dame back at it, though. I just I just love watching uh Dame play. It's great. Uh then we also lost to an undermanned Miami Heat team as of yesterday, as we're recording it. That was Bad. I have many thoughts, and guess what? They're all directed <laughs> towards one person. And uh, there also was a loss where a bad quarter cost the Wolves a dub uh, against the Celtics, which was kind of a promising loss if there is such a thing. You don't mm. feel it? You don't feel it? I think that they didn't actually play that well in that game, and Boston just missed shots until yeah, the say, fourth is that, quarter. Is, is that the game where no yeah. one could hit? Yeah, at all? Was, that was just, I don't know. Yeah. And that one just you kind of chalk up to they haven't won. They show the highlights for the last time they won in Boston. Every time they go to Boston, yep. and Latrell Sprewell is <laughs> in the highlights. I love it. Um, in terms of other things that happened since we last recorded, Nate Knight reminded us he existed, and boy, was that a fun experience. Uh, that was fun to see. Nas Reed showed Tim Conley that he is better than the French guy, which we all freaking knew, but no one listens to us. And then Anthony Edwards showed signs of making the leap. Off the court, Rudy liked an Elon tweet that included the always funny and never detrimental to a community pronoun joke. And then uh, he did charity work to make us all forget that uh, he did that, which wasn't suspicious at all. And then rumors circulated that Pat Bev wants to come back. So after all that that happened in the last freaking, I don't know, like 11 days. No, more than that. Like 16 days? Like 16 days since we recorded. I posit the question, how are the vibes? Durf, start us off with your thoughts on the vibes. The vibes are mid yes that's what i got (laughs) no the no the vibes are mid because it's just it is what it is i like i default to what beck said our last episode where it's just fine like Uh we have like flashes that are nice and then we regress and we don't really get any sort of traction i saw a tweet that we were sick we're what 16 and 18 now 16 and 19 Mm -hmm. We, we were the exact same record last year and the comparisons to last year continue Mm. um but it still just doesn't feel it feels like we're stuck in the limbo everybody's hurt there's like no we're not really building on anything um i don't know it just feels fine do you when you watch do you think everything looks so difficult yeah well when I don't want to say his name because it's just going to set Jeff. No, up. say it. But when that, say it. That's say it. When, no, say it. No, dude, say it. When Ru- Rudolph, Rudolph, go one Rudolph Galbert is on the court, it feels like we're playing in quicksand. It feel, when Rudy's on the court, it feels like my daughter trying to stand up on her own. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> difficult. There's no flow whatsoever. We're going to get into like, yeah, the, yeah, what, like the what the bad sorry, stuff is. Sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go there. I, um, yeah, I'll, just, I'll just like. That's my last question to, for you. Yeah, to, to summarize the cons, injuries. Jalen Noel sucks. Rudy is fine. Sometimes Forbes is bad. Luca is atrocious. But <laughs> sorry, <laughs> oh, you're having that yeah. take. Let's let's clear out for a second. As you you, you have a new yeah. you have a stock update. Yeah. What's your stock? I, my stock update is I have sold at a fifty five percent loss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Um, so it's realized. Um, you know? It is not realized. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not potential. It has happened. Uh, I gave up on my pr- previous son, Luca, and I've put all that into Nate Knight stock because and I don't think Nate Knight has played since you bought the stock. <laughs> it's stagnant. It's stagnant. There's no losses or gains. Uh, well, yes. Which brings my next point. I'm going to put you guys onto the Timberwolves' next best kept secret. <laughs> oh my. Nate Knight. No, I didn't prepare anything. <laughs> uh, Brandon, how are the vibes? What's cracking? So I think the vibes are bad. Very <gasps> bad. That's fair. Um, Not even just from like a, like on the court perspective. Like, I don't think like it's a lost season or anything like that. I still think they're probably going to end up in the play-in game. I'm more talking about just like, Timberwolves Twitter is just like insufferably bad right now. You're welcome. <laughs> good memes though. I mean, but that not even that, like there aren't even good memes anymore because everyone's just so mad and it's just gotten impossible to like have fun act, yeah. or even reasonably critique what's going on because everything that goes on is just the freaking Rudy Gobert trade is a disaster and it's the worst thing. And guess what? It looks like a really bad trade right now, but there's other stuff going wrong Mm -hmm. that we'll talk about later in the show. And it's just, and not through, I'm not like blaming Timberwolves Twitter because the on court stuff is bad and people are Mm -hmm. mad and expectations are raised, but it's just a really, really like sad place. And I was talking to you guys when we were doing some show prep about how it's just the Timberwolves have made me so sad that I don't even like watching League Pass right yeah. now because basketball just it's reminds just me of how sad the Timberwolves make me. <laughs> oh no. So it's broken Brandon's will. Yeah, it's the vibes are not good. They are much worse, I think, than last week. Mm-hmm. Or I guess it was now two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, is it my turn? Yeah. Do you guys want my uh just watch the game opinion or like I'm now 24 hours removed from watching the game opinion. I've into, I want your 24 some. hours removed yeah, opinion because I've seen enough of you just <laughs> mercilessly slandering the Rudy Gobert trade. Well, I, well, I held it in. <laughs> Have you guys heard of? Cut it. Cut. Cut. <laughs> so it's when you don't. And I kept my thoughts on the Rudy trade. <laughs> Made it uh, 15 minutes into this one. So this is just a big <laughs> of anti-Rudy <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> my hatred of the Rudy Gobert trade is j- <laughs> No, I think the vibes are okay. <laughs> 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 I do, am I cataclysmic about the trade? Yes. And I mean everything I tweet. I don't tweet things I don't mean. Unless Which is interesting sometimes. because sometimes you tweet two things that directly contradict each other <laughs> I, back to back. Because I change my opinion in the wake of new information. Very quickly. Um, I think the vibes are fine. I think the trade's cataclysmic. It's bad. I have concerns about what it means for Cat. I have concerns about what it means for Ant on this team. Um, I do think there is a world where we turn this around. Um, hearing that we have the same record as last year, to your point, Durf, doesn't make me feel great about the trade. It actually pours gas on the fire of the first opinion, but also makes me feel better about like, well, hang on. Last season's like one of the most fun, like the most fun I've ever had as a Timberwolves fan. So there's time for it to figure out. We see flashes of a good, competent basketball team. It happens occasionally when there's a Gobert lob, right? The ball whips around and there's good ball movement. So I, I see I'm I'm 
encouraged at times for like nine seconds yeah. that this could happen. Uh, so I think the vibes are fine. Uh, my feelings about the trade are very bad. That's mostly because I was just holding it in for so long. Uh, so that is how are the vibes? I do want to comment quick on, on the record comparison because yeah. it just feels like one of those things that's like, hey, it's not maybe as bad as we think it is, but it's also not as good as it should be. Yeah, well, I think, yeah. I, on, I, I tweeted about this last week. The problem with the record being the same as last year is like you said, it's not as bad. It's not that they're in the lottery or anything, although right now they are in the lottery, but it's more that <sighs> they spent a lot to, to not be exactly the, the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It just, well, let's not relitigate it because the litigation of the trade will happen on Twitter and just in the group chat and forever and ever and ever. There's not time for that on the pod. Maybe we'll do that at the end of the year. We'll kind of relitigate. We'll see like what Malik did, what Vando did. Yeah, yeah. Did. We can, we can, yeah. We'll pack that little, little on-air show prep. Uh, let's go into our analysis sub-segment of how is the vibe. New segment, new segment, kind new of. Segment, new segment, new segment, new segment. So segment. <laughs> but we broke down three things that we think are happening or are important talking points to the team, starting off with uh, a look at life without Cat. Currently and maybe in the future, Brandon, we're clearing out. Take us on the journey of life without Cat. Yeah, so to kind of go off the insufferability <laughs> of Timberwolves Twitter right now, Every time the Timberwolves win, there's a subset of fans that go, see, look how much better they are without Cat. They should trade Cat. They should get rid of Cat. And every time the Timberwolves lose a game, everyone go, everyone else goes, see, they need Cat. They couldn't possibly win a basketball game without Cat. And so I've been like thinking a little bit about kind of Cat's place in the league and his place in the NBA as like, as like a star because the debate seems to always be, can Cat be the best player on a good team? And there's this one subset of people that are like, no, he absolutely can't. You need to trade him. And then there's this other subset of people that are like, oh, he's the greatest shooting big man of all time. And look at all his percentages and his efficiency numbers and all that stuff. And I kind of come out somewhere in the middle of that. And so I'm not really like my individual term, but my thing is that Cat is a what I call a context dependent star. And so this is kind of broken out into three different tiers. Um, so you have players like, you have players who are context creators. These are like your top five, top 10 players, the best players in the NBA. Your Jokic's, your Giannis's, your Durant's, Luka Doncic. These are guys who simply, them existing, it's very hard to, to, catastrophically mess up the construction around them. Simply by having this guy, your floor is 45 wins and you can build up better and you're a championship contender simply by having this guy. But the construction around them, they elevate the construction around them. Then there are context independent stars. And these are guys who function well in any context. Guys who, if you insert them into any of the other 29 teams, they elevate the level of play of that team because they're typically very versatile players. Um, a lot of times they're wings, not big guys. Um, and a lot of times they're just like what I call like souped up role players. So they they do a lot of things well. Um, so Shane Battier. I don't, I, so I, he's not a star. 
I don't think. So the, my guys that I, some of the guys I pulled for this list are like Jeremy Grant, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Clay Thompson. Typically, these guys function really well off the ball. Um, so they don't command a lot of like like dribbling the air out of the ball or anything like that. And they're like I said, they're typically pretty good defenders and pretty typically they're wings or guards. Then there are context dependent stars. And this is where Cat falls. And this is where I think a lot of the Timberwolves best players fall, where you are required to build the correct roster around them to succeed. Um, And a lot of times that is because they have some glaring flaw that you need to cover up for. So guys on this list are Carl Anthony Towns, Zach Levine, Trey Young, Bradley Beal. Um, so typically, like in Kat's case, the glaring weakness is the foul trouble. It's the defensive impact. So we saw that you can construct... You, we've seen the best and worst versions of team construction with Cat. We've seen teams that won the lottery and got the first overall pick and got Anthony Edwards because the Cat was the best player on that team and they just didn't have the right functionally the right like supporting pieces around them versus like we saw last year guys like Vando and Pat Bev they were able to paper over a lot of Carl Anthony Towns flaws on the defensive end and allow him to kind of thrive in his role the problem with like these context dependent stars is they limit your flexibility from a team building perspective because you have a limited amount of roster spots and now you have to dedicate one two three of them to guys to fill in for your best players fly it kind of like means the foundation is a little more broken and so the problem is like that can cap the upside of your team because it's really hard to find players that are really good at filling those flaws that aren't also flawed players on their own so like jared vanderbilt love jared vanderbilt tremendous player very flawed in his own right. So in covering up for Cat's flaws, then it like exposed mm-hmm. a new flaw in like floor spacing. And yeah, he's a tremendous offensive rebounder, but he's not a very good defensive rebounder because he's not like big and strong and physical. Same with like Patrick Beverly. He takes like the whole like kind of like boiling pot, like mm-hmm. maybe boiling over an edge. So the only way to paper over that with like really good players is it's really expensive and you have to get really lucky. So I guess my like, long story is I think they brought in Rudy Gobert as like a guy to paper over those cat flaws. They thought he would improve the rebounding. He would improve the rim defense. He would allow cat to do more things. And I think that was just kind of a miss calculation. But on the other hand, like the guys that we sent out in those trades in that trade, they were flawed in their own right and had a serious I think we saw the best version of that team construction last year. Like, I don't think that team was going to win more than 46 games with with internal development because of the flawed nature of the pieces around it. I don't I think I you've 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 touched on this. Well, there's a couple things I want to talk about. One, your point about Kat and like his weaknesses, Uh, Chalanga. Future guest on the pod, Chalanga, had a great point on a pod, I think, of two weeks ago where he said, um, I'm going to butcher it, not as not as eloquently as he did. But he said, like, you don't you don't cover up your best players weaknesses. You build towards their strength. And then by building, like bringing Rudy in to cover up Cat's strength, you're killing Cat's vibe and you're also killing Ant's vibe. So it wasn't a smart move from that thing. So that's point number one. 
Do you, do you have a response to that? Well, you, uh, yeah, I think I think the point is, the point is like, I'm not sitting here banging the table saying trade Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. I, my point is, I think you can build a winner with Carl Anthony Towns. But my other point is, I think it's trickier than people want to admit. Yeah. yeah. Well, then you think about this. So you have like a guy like Rudy who needs an <laughs> offense built around him and a defense like funneled towards him. You need Cat who needs that type of, you know, seven four that can shoot threes, not the easiest person to game plan for or against. Mm -hmm. And then you have D'Angelo Russell, who also requires a type of offense to thrive. And we've seen the best and worst of it. So we have just in the starting lineup, we have three insanely talented players who just can't quite they figure all, it out. Like, they're all like context dependent. I think mm -hmm. we might be pushing it if we're like calling D'Angelo Russell yeah. like a context dependent star. Context dependent. Right. But like Rudy High Gobert, Rudy Gobert yeah. and Carl Anthony Towns are both those type of guys. And I think the design of the trade was that they would be really complementary. But I think, and once we get further into like the what's going wrong, what's not going wrong, I think there are some issues with the backcourt mm -hmm. that are, I think it's less about Rudy and cat not fitting. And I think it's more about the backcourt was more flawed last year than I think we were willing to admit. So did you think that's like the inverse happening where cat covered up the flaws of the backcourt as well, just because he I was think, having an all NBA season. I think Vando and Pat Bev covered up a lot of the flaws mm. of the backcourt. I think the, the turnover issues and the rebounding issues for, uh, and so this is this is further down the show outline, but I, mm -hmm. we can just go on this. Yeah. And mm -hmm. um, so the two big issues right now that we're facing are the turnovers and the offensive rebounding. Obviously, like that's the thing that is doing them in has been doing them in all season. Those issues were big issues last year, right? But they were mitigated by. Jared Vanderbilt and Patrick Beverly specifically. I think Patrick Beverly was a tremendously underrated rebounder for his position. Oh, it's great mm -hmm. to see. It's that why we love J-Mac still. That yeah. was like super important for this team. And I think the turnover thing, they turned the ball over a lot last year too, but they forced a ton of turnovers too. And that was a direct result mm -hmm. of Patrick Beverly and Jared Vanderbilt wreaking habit. And they gave up a lot of offensive rebounds and Jared Vanderbilt got a lot of offensive rebounds. So they basically like right now they're just facing this uphill battle because they're just hemorrhaging possessions. Yeah, it's bad. like they're the, the other the, they're getting outshot by 15, 20 shots every game because they're turning the ball over and giving up offensive rebounds. They they all those things were problems last year, but they were getting the ball back with their own offensive rebounds and forcing their own turnovers. And I think Rudy Gobert was brought in to fix the offensive rebounding problem. But I think it was a mis-evaluation of what the problem was. I think the problem, mm. I think the problem was the guards. I think we yeah. looked at the team last year and they were small. And when they gave a bunch of offensive rebounds, we said, what do we expect? They're so small. So we went out and we got Rudy Gobert and we're huge and he's rebounding. He's mm -hmm. rebounding like we expected him to. But anything that bounces outside of that like five foot window outside of the like the big man zone, our guards just never, our guards don't box out. We don't get to loose balls. Jade McDaniels has been a terrible rebounder. Um, Ant and D'Lo have like their flashes, but for the most part, they're well below average too. And so I think Rudy Gobert was brought in to fix a problem that he was ill-equipped 
to fix. And the price of bringing him in was getting rid of some of those guys that covered up those flaws. And so now the guards are just being even more exposed for these flaws. And I don't really know what the answer. Okay, that was my next question. Like, what does that what does that mean for this season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I don't I don't know what the answer is. The the answer is the guards need to be better rebounding. I don't know if they're capable of doing. They should be consistent because we see it. What do you got there? If you're about to say something. Well, I was just gonna say I think this cycles back to a point you made early on in our podcast tenure where (gasps) it was like we just were missing those those high effort guys that aren't like ball centric demanding whatever they're willing to put in the, mm-hmm. the dirty work the dogs um but I've, I've especially noticed in like the last stretch of games how many like long boards that have just gone completely it's like no man's land and you see like the guards just kind of like like delo could have easily reached that and he's just like stuck in mud yeah and that's i like i i send this to the group chat like once or twice a game, I'm like, there's no such thing as a 50-50 ball with the Timberwolves. <laughs> like every 50-50 ball is like a 90-10 ball. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is a great segue. There's one there's one guard that's hunting him down, and there's one guard that's doing his best to cover up a lot of things recently, yeah. and that is our friend Austin Rivers. Future guest on the pod. Future guest of the pod, Austin Rivers. We're gonna do only Mighty Ducks themed bits. Um, Austin Rivers, do you guys want to hear the stats over the last 10 games or the last four games? Say the last four games. Last four games. Last four games. Last four games. The last 10 games includes that like stretch where he shot like 75% from three though. Well, yeah, but it's like, well, last, okay. Two so for two. we'll do, we'll do, well, no, he was, he was, was he nine for 12? He was nine for 12 over a three game stretch. Yeah, you're right. Over the last yeah. four games, Austin Rivers has averaged 17 points per game, four boards, two steals, 70 from three, 70% over the last four games and 73.5 um, from the field inside the arc over the last 10, 54.5% from three, 50% inside the field. So in both 10 game and four game windows, um, you know, whoops, I fucked that up. He, basically, he's shooting as good beyond the arc as he is inside the arc. Um, and besides it being a burst of offense officially, uh, uh, a burst of Jesus Christ, I love it. I went a whole 30 <laughs> minutes without stuttering. Besides being a burst of offense, he's also playing great defense, being a hustler, being a dog, tracking down those long balls, not being ball dominant, but when he gets it, he's doing his little jab, which yeah. you called it out to me at the beginning of the year. He was like, really, yeah, he the does. jab was very ineffective earlier in the year. Now when it's he making shots. Yeah, it's working now. <laughs> Uh, he's, so he's doing the jab thing. He's causing difficult shots. He's causing some shot clock violations, really filling in that Pat Bev role, which I thought was unfillable, but he, he's starting to do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's, uh, generally being a perimeter guy, just something that we've been lacking. Mm-hmm. And, uh, once everyone's healthy, I'm just not sure how you can pull Austin from the rotation. No, oh yeah. There's no way. Which um, leads me to my suggestion that Jalen Noel has to fall to the wayside and we have to let Austin Rivers take those minutes. I agree. Yeah, I think I think he will. I think he will when everyone gets healthy. The they were talking about this on Dane's podcast. I was listening to it on the way over here. Who? Dane Moore. Dane Moore. Oh, yes, Dane Moore has a podcast. Dane yeah. Cook talks what? about the Timberwolves. Yeah, Dane when he's Cook. dating a seventeen-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, two thousand eight. What a time. Um, okay, now I'm now I'm off my train. You oh, said shit. Dane had a bit on his podcast. And we're talking about, about Austin Rivers. We're talking about Austin Rivers. I don't remember Jalen Noel. Oh yeah, yes. about Jalen Noel. Um, it was his podcast with Jace, and they were talking about how the the Jalen Noel problem, he's, he's really been bad for a pretty long stretch now. Yeah. Um, but he's the only real source of offense off the bench. Like he's the only creator. So we really feel like the lack of Jordan McLaughlin mm-hmm. there, too. 
Um, but I definitely agree. I think when everyone's healthy, he seems like the odd man out right now. Um, because the two guys, the two guys who have really seized the seized the opportunity in these injury times. There was like a lot of opportunity to go around. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have fumbled the ball. Austin Rivers and Nas Reed are really the only guys who have really risen to the occasion and made a strong case that when everyone's back together and healthy, those guys need to continue to get minutes. Mm -hmm. Well, Um, speaking of Nas Reed, Nate, do you want to take us on the Nas Reed journey? Since we're talking about guys shining stars off the bench, Austin Rivers and Nas Reed. Let's talk about fan favorite our favorite nazrian middle name hilton hilton reed nas reed uh nas reed nas reed nas reed oh we're stuck we're stuck in a circle <laughs> oh, no. nas reed nas reed um nas reed this is no surprise but it kind of is but it's still no surprise i don't know for whatever reason i feel like there's just doubt that creeps in i mean we all love nas reed but from a playable playability standpoint we're always just like is this the year Nazareth isn't going to find his way onto the court? Like, is he just going to be stuck on the bench? And it's not. Uh, he's been insane the last six games. I'm going to play the game Jolly played. Do you guys want to hear the stats from the last six games? Absolutely. Yes, because that's I all do. I have prepared. <laughs> It'll be about 35 minutes to get the rest of it. Uh, in the last six games, he's been averaging 17.6 points per game. Hot. 7.7 rebounds per Hot. game. Hot. Two assists. Hot. And he's shooting 66%. Um, he's also led the team in plus minus over that period. Don't fact check that, but I'm pretty sure that's that's right. Hang on, I'm gonna uh, fact check it. What was the stat? <laughs> uh, it's gonna be really hard to dig up plus minus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't that's, multiple that's, games. No, that's mostly that's, that's mostly way too much. That's but, way too much. Work. But um, over that time, any game that he's played more than this is a specific. There's one game that he had 25 min- minutes, but anything over 25 minutes, he's been like plus 15. Um, part of them have been the matchups, but the two games that weren't uh, that he was in the negative were both negative one. So he or minus one. Um, so even like his poor games or whatever have been, he's performed relatively well. It's just been like kind of that lineup he's in. Um, but yeah, he he's just been like kind of what we talked about before. It's just noticeable when he's on the court how easily the offense flows. Like he's a quick he's a quick decision maker. He can make his he can create That's his own the shots. Big thing, is yeah, decision making. Like he just he gets the ball and it's he's got the guard skills. Yeah, to just like take it and go. It's, I've been super impressed with Nas off the dribble this season. I just got goosebumps kind of like out of nowhere, um, like flashing like legitimate guard skills yeah. like crossing guys over like hitting tough layups off the bounce it's unreal um i don't know if it's because his dreads kind of look like a fin but he reminds me of a dolphin he has the smoothness <laughs> of a dolphin yeah i could see and the, the smarts I of a dolphin. dolphin comp you really yeah I could that's see so thank that's you that's a nice nice job now the dolphin reed is what <laughs> yeah. everyone calls him uh but yeah i mean it's it's what we talked about before like we knew that he is an offensive minded center he can score he can facilitate, he can hit, knock down the three ball, but he just doesn't have defensively. I mean, we talked about it. He's defensively a liability. He can't get boards. He's good for a yeah. highlight block, though. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. That's true. That's true. He can rim it. He'll send one into the upper deck occasionally. Yeah, the defensive thing with him is can he hold, can he not foul? Yeah. And can he hold up on the glass? Because when he is as bad as the rebounding is, when it's him as the only center and all the guards, the rebounding is really bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's if he can be as much of a force offensively as he has been, then he can just cancel that stuff out. You can just turn it into a track meet for the minutes when he's on the on the court. The question is going to be when Cat is healthy, 
what is the way that they integrate? I, they have to integrate he's, him he's into the lineup. Yeah, he can't be on the bench. So Ooh. the question is, how do they do that? Is is Nas going to be part of two big lineups all the time? Is there going to be a 10-minute stretch of game where it's just Nas out there and then we're leaning more into Rudy and Cat together minutes? It's, so it's kind of a tricky, tricky thing. There's also the possibility that he might just have a lot of trade value and that you could, sucks. Ah, I but I know. So, so that, does, so on one hand that does suck because it's, it's fun to have him on our favorite team, but also it would be really cool to see, cause he's never going to have a huge role yeah. on the Timberwolves. And that was the case before the Rudy Gobert trade yeah. too. Yeah. Like he's mm-hmm. been playing behind all NBA centers. It would be really cool to watch him go thrive somewhere else. And a trade doesn't have to be bad just because the guy you sent out is good. Like if That's you true. trade Nas Reed and get something good in return, it can be fun to watch him thrive on automatic jersey the purchase. Pacers or whatever. Uh, not right. good jerseys. Send him to like <laughs> send him to the Sac- Suns of Josh Kogi. Get Sacramento. get that throwback Phoenix Suns thing. Read eleven yeah. hard. I got two things. One, I have a solution for the two bigs and how to fit in Nas Reed and Nate Knight before every game. Go ahead. Oh, were you about to talk? I was just gonna say, my bad. He gets he gets Kyle Anderson's role anyway. <laughs> Kyle Anderson's been awesome too. Though. I know, I know. So here's the bit: before every game, Chris Finch flips a coin, and that coin flip determines who of Cat and Rudy plays. The Timberwolves learn two systems, and that's been going really well. The alternating <laughs> and, systems, yes. Thing. But now it's fully one game. You lean into one or the other. That way, the defense has to prep for two, and that way, it creates more minutes for Nate Knight and Nas Reed. And it's equitable for, and then you get the Rudy rest, you get the cat rest. Either way, fans are seen in all, all NBA center. So that's my solution. Number one, this, uh, th- that should go in our, our final segment today. I like that. Which one hot take that yeah, we yeah. should bench one of cat or Rudy every game. That's a really Keep them guessing. So we're, pay, so we're paying $80 million it's, it's, for one center. Basically. This is the future of basketball. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the mystery game. Yeah. It's, it's like in football when you don't know which quarterback's going to start. So you have to prepare for both. It's, it's knives out. It's a mystery. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then Also, no, the guards all have to prepare for playing <laughs> with both of them. Well, that's easy. <laughs> and then my number two thing, which goes into my beef with the trade and why I'm so mad about it, is that the, the dawn of super teams is done. Uh, you can't just get Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and Ray Allen and and freaking who else was on the heat and be like, all right, now it's time to play basketball together. The 2020s are an era of culture and working together and teamwork and just winning basketball. So when you trade guys like when you think about trading guys like Nas Reed, who we've seen get better year over year, when you trade guys like Vandal that are culture guys, I think that kind of flies in the face of where the league is going, which is just you stay you stick together like the Nuggets, like the freaking Suns, like the Pelicans, like the Celtics. None uh, of these teams you've cited have won a championship. Though. Yeah, I know because we're we're in the midst of the Warriors, which have done the same thing twice. Of building a culture and you get players to fit within the culture because when you the Warriors won two championships because they signed Kevin one Durant of the ten best basketball okay. players in K- NBA KD, history. Do that. KD is the KD is the low, is the asterisk in that yeah, yeah. theory. The uh, Toronto Raptors, the only like small mid market team to win a championship in like recent memory. Oh, and the Bucks uh, both made gigantic trades to acquire Drew Holiday and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, yeah, yeah but this, they're fine. Those are the <laughs> bottom tier players. They're we're role ta- players. We're talking about, I'm talking about just general contenders, though. These are teams that have put the work Are they in. contenders if none of them ever win? I think they're, I, in, they're in the beginning I, part of it. The Celtics have been building this for like six years, and now we're finally... Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown aren't even in their primes yet. There's an argument that Zion's not even in his prime yet. 
He's not. He's, he's definitely not. <laughs> yeah. He's still losing his. The Pelicans traded for CJ McCollum last season. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, this is nice. This is actually good. Cause like, then you. The, uh, the Celtics, you, the Celtics traded for Malcolm Brogdon this off season. This is hot. Cause he's, th- this is hot. I like this. This, 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 this I'm going to spin this into proving yeah, my keep, point. Keep, keep, keep throwing. Because like these, these, these are trades that are like, you bring them into the culture and you, the point I said earlier, instead of trying to cover up your best player's weaknesses, you kind of build towards the team's strength. Or they're just good players that can that try hard. And Rudy is just too too impossible to game plan for. Kind of like how Cat's impossible to game plan for in D'Lo. Kind of like goes back to your, your stars tears thing. Yeah. It's just it's just it's just boneheaded GMing, in my opinion. That's all math, no accounting for culture or how basketball actually works. No X's and O's, no strategy, no culture, no emotional intelligence. Just freaking, this is 2K. And if you put a guy that's 89 overall and 92 overall, then we should win a championship, even if we simulate the franchise mode. And that kind of makes you angry because it's, uh, I'm a man who feels things and I want to like the team I watch. Yeah, so I'm not sitting here trying to argue that the trade looks good or was the correct decision right now because it looks really bad mm-hmm. right now. I'm just arguing in favor of trading draft picks for really good oh, players. I'm very pro that. Don't that get is me wrong. How, that is how teams, yeah. that is how teams elevate to the next level. Mm-hmm. I, that's, and I'm pro say, that. You like, can't uproot the culture for it. I'm saying you can't cut, you can't take the culture and the hustle and the winning basketball so just I to think be like 89 I, overall guy. So but my thing is I don't think – I think that's what it looks. I think that's what it looks like now. And it, it is. Might be the He's case, a cancer. But I don't think that was the. I don't think the idea was culture doesn't matter. I think they thought the culture was, Ant and Cat, yeah. and that that had kind of permeated through. And they thought Rudy Gobert was going to come in and take these winning habits. And like I said, on on paper, Rudy Gobert should paper over a lot of Carl Anthony Towns' flaws. There's mm-hmm. like, like the yin and yang. Like That's circular. We, already, we already handled this. But the problem is that it they were wrong and that Carl Anthony Towns isn't necessarily capable of playing the role that he needs to on the defensive end. But also, and we'll... We maybe we can just go into what's going wrong and what's going. Yeah. We also just need to acknowledge the elephant in the room that Rudy Gobert has just been worse than he's ever been this year. He's not this bad. Yeah, he looks he, disinterested, he, and it pisses yeah. me off. So I he, I don't. I think that's so dumb. Is I don't that, think Rudy just, Gobert is, is not trying. He's not. Oh come on! I think he's he. I'm Rudy. <laughs> that's what he looks like. I, that's what he looks like. He's he's either he's either regressed because of age. He might be hurt. Like he maybe he's still dealing with the ankle thing. But like like I don't want to paper over that. Rudy Gobert has not been as good as advertised. He's mm-hmm. not blocking shots. He's not as big of a deterrent on the rim. Um, around the rim, he's does not have the same amount of touch around the rim that he has in the past. Uh, he's purely getting... Michael Scott esque from two feet away, just <laughs> just Randy Johnsoning it at the backboard. But yeah, so so that's that's all fair. And the if they had known that that was going to be the Rudy Gobert they got, they wouldn't have made that trade. And I I think th- that that's kind of the thing that's getting papered over on all this is that everyone thinks it's is acting like it was so obvious that by acquiring Rudy Gobert he was going to be fifty percent worse than he's ever been. Yeah. I think, I think, well, yeah, sorry, Dave. Uh, 
not to be the moderator in the room, but I do. I mean, I see both sides of this. I understand what you're getting at. Classic centrist. Centrism I, is the side of the oppressor. No, I'm an Enneagram nine. Okay. I'm a peacemaker. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep my friends as friends over here. Oh, I love Brandon. Um, so yeah, I see what you're getting at. And I do think that building a culture is important, but I also don't think that we felt like we had a culture this time last year. Like I felt like we were kind of in a similar vibe. Mm, yeah, it's it's good. there was less of a pinpoint like oh we made this like cataclysmic trade that you can point to, but we still had that feeling of like I don't feel like that anything's really going well. But I think that there's something to be said about the vibes that the vibes of the team being bad because we're just not doing very well and everybody's hurt. We don't have any chemistry. Like I think that there's still time to salvage the vibes if 100%, you will. Like, 100%. I, like I think that that's just something we're working towards but I do think you're right in that they thought that they had the pieces in place they thought they were covering it up they're, they're, they've been wrong thus far but again we're what 27 games into the year and I just don't think it's uh, unless there's some like unless there's some injury they're not telling us about or something I don't think it's that unrealistic, unrealistic to expect that Rudy Gobert is going to be better Mm -hmm. at some point this season because it's pretty un like it's weird how much worse he has been like we can talk about fit and stuff all we want but if that matters but no but if Rudy Gobert is blocking two shots a game and is shooting 70 percent at the rim like he has his entire career then like all of a sudden it looks a whole lot better. Yeah, but it's not going to happen because his little ego is bruised. That's the injury that we, I'm reporting. We also... <laughs> so I, I just don't, like, yeah, I disagree on. with you that I th- I don't think Rudy Gobert is just like, I'm mad, so I'm going to sabotage. his body language. He, he doesn't try. He's not sabotaging, he doesn't try. What's up, Derek? I know that we're, I know that it, this season is what matters. Now, the now matters. But we have also talk, talked about how we need to take a step back and realize that it's not a one and done. Like he's not... Our, his contract isn't done after this year. That's interesting. You say take a step back. What are what are what are these guys? What color are these? These are rose colored glasses. I think right now this conversation is rose colored, and we're thinking, oh yeah, Rudy, whatever. What did we call Rudy Gobert in our group chat a year ago? I we, have never. We called once him a called nice Ru- man. We I said have never no, once no, no, called no, no, Rudy Gobert. No, 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 no. We said he he gives the charity. He's a good guy. You can check out my pin tweet on Twitter, and I said two things you should know about me. One, I love D'Angelo Russell and always have. And we, two, I have never once called Rudy Gobert we a bitch. Called Rudy Gobert the number one captain bitch of the league. No, yeah, Joel yeah. Embiid was the number one captain yeah, bitch you're of, right. the, of the league. Rudy was number two, and for years, we watched Carl Anthony Towns cook this man, and we thought he'd come to us and shit would be sweet. We were deceived this is also by not, Utah. This is also not true. What? Carl Anthony Towns. what? Utah literally invented yeah. the defense that that neutralized Carl Anthony Towns. The Rudy Gobert lurking Had off on... a spin on- cycle the whole time. Even, even if he didn't... No... No, I was cooking him, wasn't he? No, they literally, they, they call it the Utah defense where they would guard Cat with a four and have Rudy guard Vando and double Cat. They made a the game plan, but they did it horribly because Cat no, was not doing true. fine. <laughs> let's, no, come on. We we may have called him that, but we also call have called Pat Bev that before he played for No, it's very any, close, Pat yeah, Bev. Yeah. We didn't like Pat Bev when yeah. he was on the Clippers. No, but I loved it when he pushed Chris Paul because of the Jersey. There's the a Jersey certain, game. as Sorry. Minnesotans, <laughs> there's a certain personality type that did, that rub us the wrong way. And when they play for our team, we love them. And there's a reason that every fan in Utah loved Rudy Gobert. He's a nice guy. <laughs> oh, I think it's colorism is the reason. <laughs> um, 
let's go into what's going right, what's going wrong, um, formally. Uh, Brandon, you kind of segued into that with Rudy. Was that your number one? I mean, my my two things were Rudy has underperformed and the guards. Okay. So, so we've talked about my stuff. Yeah. Um, Durf, what are your I, two? I, for I, I feel like we pretty much covered off on everything I had. Just that we've we're not we're not building towards anything right now, but we've seen some from role players step up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the other thing that's going wrong, I, like I said, we're just missing a lot of really important players right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan McLaughlin is a lot more important than I think people want to acknowledge because it sounds really dumb to be like, oh yeah, we Especially lost because our Jenny. backup point guard didn't play. But Jordan McLaughlin is a huge part of this team, like arguably one of the most important parts of the team because of how much he makes that second unit go. Yeah, um, my things that were going wrong was uh, Rudy and Jalen, so we hit that. Let's uh, let's end. How's the vibe on a positive note with things that are going right? Uh, shall I kick us off with what's going right? My Go two it. are Austin Rivers, which we already talked about. Um, we're getting the Austin Rivers finally that uh, I thought we were going to get, which <laughs> led to me thinking J Mac might get cut, which was dumb. And then number two, I'm starting to see some City Edition jersey redemption, both on a local and national level. People are rocking with. I don't think the City is, Edition. I, I haven't seen any. <laughs> you haven't? Oh, no. Jelly's over here in his City Edition he's, echo chamber. <laughs> he's got 50 burners. He's like, have you guys seen these Bulls jerseys? <laughs> They're so cool. So I, I stat and you tweeted out some Anthony Edwards thing that had like the City Edition background and some like people. You're the one who said that that looked good. <laughs> no, I said I said I, I said it looked good, and then I was scrolling through some of the comments later because I was getting lots of favorites on it because I'm not alone and there's a bunch of people from like Philly and shit and they're like yeah these are those are like those, those jerseys are cool so maybe because the jerseys last year were so freaking awesome that you know we took these jerseys for I'm just happy no, to no, see no, it. it's okay I'm happy to it's see, okay you're just scoffing at me no 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 it's okay it's okay Whatever. okay well um, that doesn't feel like maybe it's the thing where like the loudest person in the room is the one with the most wrong opinion <laughs> so everybody on Twitter is like it's the same 50 people yeah. liking all the tweets <laughs> Durf, but, what hey, you got for I, I don't. I'm not gonna give you flack if you like it. I look hot as shit. I don't care. I'll you do. I you do pull it off. Thank you. Um, I know. You I, would too. I don't really. I kind of said it already, but yeah, like it's just been cool to see the the role players step up. It's been fun to see Austin Rivers have a second lease on life. Uh, Nas Reed is Nas reading, and um, Nate Knight is dunking our pants off. So oh and crunches. God. Well. Yeah, and and some other good things. I mean, he hasn't played well in the last couple of games, but we haven't recorded in a really long time. Um, saw a really really good D'Angelo Russell. Yep. For for like a three week stretch there. Um, and obviously Anthony Edwards too. Yeah, Anthony Edwards, but he's been kind of, he's been kind of doing the same thing all season. I mean, he took a he's he's upped the offensive juice like a little bit since Cat's been out, but like he turned the ball over a lot last yeah, night. That's a young man. What the young man cook? <laughs> um, I think the D'Angelo Russell thing is it's pretty unrealistic to expect him to be as good as he was for that stretch, but it's also pretty unrealistic to expect him to be as bad as he was for the first two, three weeks. To the mean. And hopefully he just, this has not really been the case ever in D'Angelo Russell's career. He's like a really high variance, like feast or famine player, but if he could just like settle in at like 35% from behind the arc and turn it over like, two or three times a game instead of like four or five Mm -hmm. and give a little bit of a shit on the defensive end. Like he will be fine. Um, I think he's played his way though, to the point where we might want to start talking about 
like a one-year extension, kind of mm-hmm. like the Pat Bev style yeah. extension, because you run a risk if you let him get to free agency that he just walks for nothing. Or like his sign and trade value is also dependent on someone being willing to pay him mm-hmm. that much money. So if you want to maintain a salary cap slot of 25 to $30 million, it might just make sense to kick the can down the road. Yeah. That, that goes year. away, right? If, 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 he, if, walks, he, if he walks. If he walks, yeah, because we're yeah. so far over the cap. Yeah, until the new deal is signed. Until Mark Laurie and Glenn Taylor and Alex Rodriguez secure more money to pay the luxury tax from Joe Mama Salsa. Segway. Joe Mama Salsa. I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet. The walking taco potential with Joe Mama Salsa is bananas. Wonderful. As Minnesotans. Do you guys remember in college or freshman year? In Nelson Hall, at that one place we went to school, I didn't. I you were in freaking yeah, you weren't. Sorry, sorry, what, I forgot that you were. What do we do in Nelson? We did the walking tacos when we first. Oh got yeah, to, yeah, yeah. It was like and the intro some, to college. Yeah, and they had some nasty ass big corporate salsa. You know, I've gone on this trip oh, a billion oh, times. I'm gonna throw up. Um, I know it was such a bummer. Imagine if they had Joe Mama salsa during our welcome week walking tacos. I would have. I would have kissed Philly, six Philly, people. Philly would have graduated. You know. If you, <laughs> <laughs> great ad read so joe mama Feely, salsa if you listen to this pod tweet at crunch wears no pants and let us know uh joe mama salsa local salsa locally sourced ingredients it's midwestern origin but there's nothing midwestern in flavor because it's vivacious mm-hmm. you think oh midwest lutefisk nah joe mama says kraken they got the smoking hot mama, they got the hot stuff, they have the roasted garlic, they got the pineapple mango, and you can cop them at High V Cup Foods or JoMamasSalsa.com, J-O-M-O-M-M-A-S.com. You should do the walking tacos with Joe Mama Salsa and let us know how they are because um, I don't eat Doritos anymore because I'm... You don't? No. Because are they on? Are they brown on that food <laughs> They're there. Well, oh, I know, right. I've never been a chips guy. I've always been, I've had a sweet tooth. Except when it comes to chips and salsa. So, I feel like the complete opposite. I'm almost exclusively a chips guy. If I'm a no, chips so guy, it's, it's blue corn tortilla chips. That's why you're with the fat guy <laughs> of the pod. <laughs> My God. Fat guy derp over here. Uh, let's get in. This is the part of the show where the hosts debate a hyper-niche Timberwolves topic. Only a true diehard would have an opinion about this, which you are. So here you go. Let's get into... Uh, the freaking what are they called? 2022 the, year in review. The first annual Crunch Wears No Pants Year in Panties Award Extravaganza. The Fakwin Pepe's. So we're giving out Fakwin Pepe's tonight. We have all come up with three or so um, categories. Does someone have more? I only have, I three. have three. Okay, we all have three categories we made to celebrate the 2022 Timberwolves season. What does that mean? Well, guys, not listener, season. Year. 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 Sorry, it yeah. means January 1st, 2022 basketball was fun to now when basketball blows so we're gonna go around i think we should all take turns we'll start with uh brandon we'll do one of yours one of derf's one of mine we'll just go in a triangular fashion and we're voting correct well so no so oh that's right that's right so we all have we all have the winners picked uh we give our awards we give the nominees you guys, we all talk about who you guys think like is going to mm-hmm. win, and then mm-hmm. I announce the winner. And then <gasps> we're like entertainment can... tonight. Okay, okay but okay. you you get to pick your winners and Jolly. Got, got it, got it, got it. Okay, okay. So I'm kicking us off. Yes, the first award, the first Fakwin Pepe Award, <laughs> the Mark Madsen Memorial End of the Bench White Guy of the Year Award. Your nominees are Jake Lehman, mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, Luca Garza, 
and Leandro Balmaro. Gentlemen, who do you think is going to win? Uh, well, even though Balmaro did almost give me COVID because we kissed. Um, wow. It's, it's got to be Jake Lehman, right? So, yeah, Jake Lehman. So Leandro Balmaro and you guys kissed even with his Nazi background? No, we, wow. ki- <laughs> we kissed <laughs> with our fists. That, that kiss did not age well. <laughs> That was like that was in running for the kiss of the year. He's out here kissing Nazis. I had my I had my kiss of the year on here. I I should have known because his tongue tasted like schnitzel. I'm like, hey, that's not Argentinian. That's German. Is schnitzel German? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Very German sounding word. Linguistically, so you guys you guys are in agreement. Jake Jake Layman. Jake Layman is correct for his performance. In how many minutes are you going to play tonight? The zero, zero. Yeah, the zero was and like the deadpan zero was just, just magnificent, just iconic from Jake Lehman. Yeah, that was kind of like a that was like a unanimous no brainer from the committee. Yeah, yeah, that was an e- that was an easy one. Well, I'm gonna fast follow with my Greg Steamsma award for plain white guy on the team. <laughs> Are they the same nominees? It's I only did three, but I actually had I had Matt Ryan, Jake Lehman, and Walker Kessler. <laughs> Well, I think uh, hopefully Walker Kessler wins this. Uh, Hopefully it's not Jake Lehman again, or he's going to be cleaning up these awards. I think it's, what's the name of the award again? It was Greg Greg Steamsma Award for Plain White Guy. Well, Matt Ryan is the plainest white guy. Yeah, Matt Ryan. He's got a plain white guy name. It's like a guy, like when you pick human in Skyrim, you don't do any customizations. (laughs) It would be Matt Ryan. Yeah, it's Matt. It's Matt Ryan. No way. He edged. He edged him out just because of the name. Yeah, he because it's like just like the out of the package. Yeah. Like you didn't customize at all. Nice. Matt Ryan hit like a forty footer last night. I was yeah. rocking. That was awesome. I was nice. rocking with Matt Ryan. I like him. Quick sidebar. Yeah, we are all in agreement that Matt Ryan gets all of Bryn Forbes' minutes, 100%. and Bryn Forbes should never see the floor again. Yes. 100%. What about okay? Is it Matt Ryan or is it Wendell Moore or it's, one of the either? Well, it's Matt Ryan because. Wendell Moore, I think he has a future in the NBA. We really need someone that can make a shot. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. All right. It's time for my first award. Well, hey, now I'm happy you're here award. This award goes to someone we didn't necessarily think we needed, but are happy they're in our lives in 2022. I know who's going to Isn't win. that nice? Uh, the nominees are Greg Monroe, Michael Grady, or Patrick Beverly. This one was a bit of a barn Ooh, burner. That's a... Ooh. I mean, my heart says, obviously, uh, Greg Monroe, but uh, it's going to be between those two. So I think I think it's Michael Grady, but that might just be biased because he's in my life right now and he's going to be in my life the longest. And I'm very much enjoying Michael Grady as a broadcaster. I, I if I had to pick, I think it's Michael Grady, but I think Jally is going to give the award to Patrick Beverly. I agree with you. I think it's Grady, but I just because it's like it's like a. Oh, you're there and whatever. Like, it seems like it's more of like a drop in the bucket, yeah. like kind of a mist. It's Pat Bev because he was only with us for that small snippet. Yeah. I think Jally's going to give it to Patrick Beverly. It's Patrick Beverly. Yeah. He is a, he's in the elite eight for the Wolves things bracket. The Wolves things bracket. He's made a big impact. Off. I do agree that Michael Grady is a long-term winner of this because he is yeah. so freaking good. He's this is kind good. of this is kind of a, a, a fuck, Mary kill situation where we've already done the thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we effed we Greg Monroe. <laughs> no, we killed Greg Monroe. We effed Patrick Beverly and we're married to Michael Grady. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Pat Bev's like kind of like your college girl like you're yeah. a freak you do <laughs> um, oh my god um oh yeah take that out huh yeah, yeah probably. Probably. <laughs> take that out. all right but all right back to me uh our next award is the regular season good vibes of the year good vibes moment of the year award Ooh, this so this is, is this specifies regular season because otherwise the play-in game was going to be like a runaway 
yeah. uh, favorite out of this. So we've taken that out. Wait, hang on. Is the playing game regular season or playoffs or is it's, it basketball purgatory? So it's kind of like nebulous. Like it doesn't show up in any, it doesn't show up in playoff stats or regular season stats on basketball reference. Oh. It's just kind of like a game. So it's purgatory. You either go to heaven, yeah. playoffs or hell. Home. <laughs> <laughs> but so that, but that just, it's, yeah, yeah, I specified regular season to exclude that from it because it would have been too obvious. Can you say the name of the award again? I got too excited by you the, talking about the playing game. The regular season good vibes moment of the year. Ah, yes. Okay. So the nominees are Patrick Beverly firing the t-shirt cannon into the crowd. Yeah, that's Malik Beasley doing his shimmy dance after hitting his 11th three. Carl Anthony Towns scoring 60 points or AJ Lawson scoring two points and everybody cheering. That was very wholesome. It made me think, hey, maybe there was culture on this I, team. I just had to put something from this year yeah. on here because I didn't want to just keep harping on how bad the vibes are. Yeah. I, I think, <laughs> spoiler alert, AJ Lawson is not the winner. Oh, <laughs> shoot. That throws my whole strategy. Um, I think it's got to be the the t-shirt gun. T-shirt cannon's too crazy. We've never seen a player do that before. Yeah. I actually have Malik Beasley dancing after hitting his 11th. It was three. a cool dance yeah. move. I, so all... I think I think Patrick Beverly firing the t-shirt cannon is like a memorable moment. But there was like kind of some bad vibes mixed in with that because there was the whole Portland angle of like act like you've been here before, yeah, yeah. and so it kind of turned into this like debate on whether it was okay to have fun. Malik Beasley hitting his 11th three against OKC and then doing like the fake behind the back dribble and like the shimmy dance was mm-hmm. like peak euphoria of last season. It was just everything was hitting at the right time. And yeah. that was also like that was like a game deciding shot, right? Like we needed. No, that. we won that game by 40. <laughs> was it 40? It was I I think the final score was like 130 to 100 something. Well, I rock if, with that. Yeah, if Malik scores 33 in a game, we probably That's scored true. a lot of points. Uh yeah, I agree with that. That also feels like it's just like shaking out some bad vibes because like yeah. historically we're just a bad three-pointing yeah. team. It was so just like, like nice that, little, that felt mm-hmm. to me like the moment, like yeah. the vibes were just impeccable at that point. Yeah. The fact that he isolated himself and everyone knows he's going to shoot <laughs> even his defender, even though he's shimmying him. <laughs> yeah. It was so <laughs> great. That was so great. Durf, what's your second award? My second war- award is the Ricky Rubio <gasps> Award for most neighborly on the team or, oh. mo- or most likely to open the door for you if you had your he's hands He's going to nominate Rigo Barrett. <laughs> He's gonna be pissed. No. If this is all white people, bro, I got a hell of an agenda it's, to throw against you. It's, it's the same guys. <laughs> bro, I'm wanting. Oh, quick, quick, change my. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it is the I've, there are four nominees: uh, D'Lo, Josh Akogi, J Mac, or Torian Prince. Oh, I think it's got to be Josh Akogi. Josh Akogi. I think it's Josh Akogi. His smile is too nice. It's J Mac. <gasps> I see that, as well. but it's a top. Yeah. I mean, it's the ultimate team. Player. Also, a great yeah. smile as well. Yep. Well, I thought it was based on just holding doors. Did I misunderstand the criteria <laughs> to win the award? I mean, it's it's, oh, a, it's a comp. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if I went to J Mac's house, I said, "Hey, I ran out of Joe Mama salsa." He'd be like, "Hey, do you want pineapple mango or roasted garlic?" Yeah. I would just say like both, he's just like a nice, give me both. a nice dude. Yep. Nice. Well, congrats, J Mac. Congrats on the marriage. Congrats on the degree. Congrats yeah. on congrats on the cool blonde tips. The cool blonde tips and collars. Very cool blonde tips. Drop the beard care routine because mine is garbage and yours is hydrated. So and get well soon. And get well yeah. soon. Heal up. Um, all right. My next award is Oops, you know social media is public award, right? <laughs> or Oops, you know social media is public right award. It's about uh, social media faux pas in the modern age. Um, we have three nominees. First up, Rudy Gobert for liking a transphobic tweet calling for the prosecution of Anthony Fauci. Number two, we have Jim Peterson retweeting a COVID conspiracy documentary. 
And then number three, we have Anthony Edwards um, using a contextually homophobic slur or using contextually homophobic homophobic language. So Rudy Gobert, Jim Pete, Anthony Edwards, who won? I once again think yeah. that Jally is going to give this award to Rudy Gobert yep. because he hates him. But, but the winner of this award is Anthony, Anthony Edwards. Edwards. <laughs> the winner yeah. of this award is actually Jim Peterson for retweeting oh. a COVID conspiracy documentary. Rudy Gobert has always been just a piece of shit, so we should expect this. Uh, Anthony Edwards was 21 years old at the time, and he's an oh, athlete. We're using age, okay? Yeah. That's, well, he's 21, so I don't expect him to be woke like that. Yeah. Okay. And then, but Jim Peterson is a grown ass man who has a public platform and has been there for 20 some years. So he should know to not retweet a COVID conspiracy. Yeah, document. Yeah, document. Anthony Edwards grew up in the social I think, media era. I, yeah, mm-hmm. and I would say as far as effort towards the negative action, like it would be like, like retweet post like saying yeah. something <laughs> like, that you recorded like there's yeah. some more steps you could at least be like oops i accidentally like that oops i accidentally retweeted that I, anthony edwards can't oops, be like, oops, I my phone came out and yeah. recorded me saying that, that's, the, that's the reason why that's I a say. great point well his youth is really you know robbed really him of this award. A lot of yeah. yeah he was robbed he, he still has time <laughs> to hopefully learn from his mistakes i don't know that jim pete is probably going to learn a whole i lot. don't think yeah how old is he 75 no, he looks not, great no, I have no idea. he looks good for 75 I think he's like, six, like 60 something. I'd say 59, 61. How old is he? Jim Peterson is 60. Man. I was right in between my two guesses. If I said 60 something. He looks yeah. good. So maybe not taking the vaccine. Knows 60 the move. zero. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's onto something. So yeah, Jim Pete, congrats on your first ever <laughs> fuck win pay. What do you got, Brandon? All right. My last award is the former future wolf of the year award mm. your nominees for former future wolves are of 2022 are marcus smart john collins Dejounte murray and ben simmons please mm. read the nominees again marcus smart john yeah. collins Dejounte murray ben simmons so for context these are all guys who have been rumored to have not necessarily been like getting traded to the Wolves, but the Wolves have been rumored to have had interest in them. I think it's gotta be Ben Simmons, right? I actually would say John Collins just because of the number of times it's come up. Like it's, it's a lot of frequency. I would also put Marcus Smart up there, but I'm going with John Collins for the, my... the Marcus Smart jersey swap did get me kind of hype. I was like, the Ben Ooh. Simmons was like contained to like an off se- one mm-hmm. off season, but I would say... I switched mine to yours. You're right, because those are pretty hot talks. Like, Actually, no, I'm going back to Ben Simmons. <laughs> okay, well... He says John Collins. I say Ben Simmons. The winner is John Collins. Yes. John Collins is a timeless yeah. former future wolf. There are like he is in the Nicholas Batum. I was class gonna say, yeah. Of like for five years we've been hearing about the legendary John Collins to Minnesota yeah. trade. I'm surprised you didn't put Booker on there too with how that, that wasn't a 2022. Oh, right, right. Recent 2019. Yep. 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 Runaway 2019 winner. runaway winner. Um <laughs> For reference, though, uh, if I could have any of these guys, give me Marcus Smart. Yes. If if the rumored M- Malik Beasley in a first round pick for Marcus Smart trade was even semi realistic, I'm pissed we didn't do that. Yeah. And but also, there's no way that was actually. Imagine a trade. if we bought the if we brought the the black jersey with the green trees and he had the green dyed hair. <laughs> what a fit! Bro. Also, just imagine like if we had. A guy like Patrick Beverly, but who was way better. <laughs> what? I sign I'm, me up. Yeah, I am sad we didn't get Marcus. Yeah, Smart. I've always also always Marcus Smart. Them. Cool name, just yeah. strong name. Yeah. Big, I'm a big fan of Marcus Smart. I think all former 
Wolves GMs have a picture of Nicholas Batum on their <laughs> wall because it just seems like every year after year they wanted him. We don't I do still want Nicholas Batum. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. I want him when he plays against the Wolves. Oh, oh, sidebar while we talk about trades. Remember we thought the Aaron Gordon trade was a massive overpay? What was it? RJ Hampton at first and someone else for Aaron Gordon? He'd be perfect next to Cat. I'm kind of sad that we didn't. Do I'm that. not a big Aaron Gordon. I remember guy. we talked about this in the group. Did chat you see before. that dunk? He dunks and he plays defense. And we need a dunker that we need a guy in think, the four that dunks and plays defense. I think his defense is a little overrated. I don't think he's that much different than Jared Vanderbilt. Let's, let's get him and Levine and we Yeah, can, but he's double zero. We love that. Oh, he's 50 now. What was that? And, oh, let's get him and Levine and we'll do a lineup of him, Levine, Ant, and Nate Knight. And, and just Nas Reed. Destroy the rim. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah. It'd the, be other, a, the other team would have to fourth. Um, okay. My, fi- uh, yes. my final award is the fourth quarter FOI award for most dependable in the clutch. The four anonymies. Four anonymies. The four anonymies are the four anonymies. <laughs> Six beers before I came here. Uh, Anthony Edwards, Patrick Beverly, Carl Anthony Towns, or Glue Girl. Wait, what was the? What's the criteria for the award? It, again? Is, it is the fourth quarter Foy Award for most dependable in the clutch. Oh yeah, Glue like, Girl. End not, of the game. Not having D'Angelo Russell as a nominee is a crime. <laughs> this is his one. D'Angelo thing. Russell, <laughs> Anthony <laughs> Edwards, I mean, like. None of those people, aside from Glue Girl, are that dependable. I'm mostly just picking like the guy that you're like, okay, ISO, Ant, ISO, whatever. Well, Ant did hit that playoff three to tie the game. Yeah, and and then immediately immediately tried to jump a passing lane and gave up the game. What if he got that, though? That would have been sexy. The team as a whole doesn't have a lot of clutch, so I had limited. The the answer is Glue Girl because we're undefeated in games with uh, animal rights protest. That's why we have to let Glenn Taylor keep the team because he's got to keep doing horrific things. By the way, Glue Girl got absolutely trashed in the Wolves things bracket against Patrick Beverly. It was like 70 to 30. Oh. It's a, a hard matchup. Patrick though. went to go help her. Yeah. Maybe that's what uh, You are correct. The answer is Glue Girl uh, one for one. Or I guess two for two if you count Chain Girl as like a. Yeah, I think Glue Girl is more of a concept than a person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's more of a mindset. It's like Wolves back in that <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, Durf, thank Wait, you. Just sidebar. Do yes. you remember the third protest they tried to do where Didn't the person, fail? yeah, the, the person like jumped over and she was going to take oh, off yeah. and she was wearing a ref's jersey yeah, underneath she and gonna... she was going to eject Glenn Taylor. Yeah. Is that what she was going to do? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. It was like the, somebody behind the bench got her right away. Yeah. Like the, the security guy was yeah. like eyeing her and caught her, but she, was, was, the planning, she yeah. was planning on pulling off her shirt to reveal a ref's uniform and she was going to eject Glenn Taylor. <laughs> they <laughs> ran out of adhesive to <laughs> stick themselves to. Uh, that's that's not that fire of a protest. I mean, it's, it it's funny. Been hilarious. It's, yeah, it's, it's hilarious. It's funny from a bit, but it's like gluing yourself to the court. It's just iconic. And then following yeah. it up the next game with someone chaining themselves to the stage. I love it. Um, What's another adhesive or like staying type of protest? Cover yourself in duct tape and just like lay on the court. <laughs> what if like they applied Velcro and then Velcro themselves? <laughs> Nail yourself <laughs> to the ground. No. <laughs> you have to be Middle Eastern to pull that off. Oof. <laughs> I can make that joke. Yeah, but we can't Get it? Laugh. It's like, what? Yes, you can. I'm allowing you. Okay. Uh-huh. You can say it. You can say it. The moment has <laughs> passed. Okay. Yeah, last sorry. award. All right. Ouch. That sucks. Okay. My next, my last award is ouch. That sucks. They could have played for us, but doesn't award. Awarded to the best player in 2022 that has loose ties to the Wolves, a.k.a. we traded them away on draft oh. day. The nominee, yeah, so there's the award. Um, the nominees are three. 
of people. Okay. What the? F- three of people. Three, okay. okay. We have three nominees three for three people we traded away that we could have had, but we don't. Uh, number one, Lori Markinen, Cam Johnson, or Bojan Bogdanovic, who was the ouch that sucks that he could have played for us but doesn't award. What was the second one? Uh, Cam Johnson from the Suns. Oh. Uh, Am I, is this who I actually would want on the Wolves? Because the answer there is Cam Johnson. Yeah. It's statistics based. I so think Laurie you're going to say Laurie Markkinen because he's having the best season, but I would rather have Cam Johnson on the Wolves right now than Laurie Markkinen. Uh, I'm th- I think you're going to say Laurie Markkinen. I'm undecided. We need, we need role players, man. It's, I want Bojan. You guys are totally right from a basketball standpoint, but this is based off stats, so it is Laurie Markkinen. If it was based on vibes, it would be uh, Bojan Bogdanovic. <laughs> Because he's balding. I love to watch a balding basketball player. Now, dude, Cam Johnson is like the exact thing we're missing. Just a dead-eye sharpshooter that can guard and is big. Was Cam the one that he got drafted earlier than he was expected to? And uh, what's his face? Yeah, where Kobe White was Kobe like, White, yeah. Cam went 11? That was such an endearing <laughs> That is so clip. love, bro. That was so fun. <laughs> I would also enjoy to have yeah. uh, nice I would to love have to have Johnson. Kobe White on our team. I'd love to have Kobe Bryant on our team. Is he play? <laughs> Does Kobe White Kobe play? White? Yeah, he played against the Wolves in yeah, just, just like all their other guards. He doesn't play any defense okay. and he can shoot. Classic. I want him. <laughs> um, now we have our in memoriam segment. Um, how do we preface this? Brandon, you describe it. So we're just gonna we're just gonna go through and we're gonna list off uh, the wolves who we lost this year, who are forever in our memory, along with their cause of death, followed by a, a brief moment of silence to honor the those passed on. So, I will start. Jared Vanderbilt literally ran through a wall. McKinley Wright the fourth got bored to death driving back and forth between Des Moines and Minneapolis. Malik Beasley, attacked by realtors while trying to defend his Plymouth home from prospective buyers again. Patrick Beverly, somehow got a third technical. Walker Kessler, got ran over by an Uber after getting tossed out of the downtown Cowboy Jeffs. Josh Akogi, ran out of sunblock, so he tried to block the sun. Refs called it clean, but it was too late. Jake Lehman might still be on the end of the bench. <laughs> Leandro Balmaro. <laughs> really emotional about this one. I'm so sad. Suffocated while motorboating a thick Argentinian woman. <laughs> Greg Monroe, while grazing in the offseason, awaiting a call or awaiting a howl from the wolves, he was confronted by another moose, trampled, but he still got 10 rebounds in the process. AJ Lawson went too hard after scoring those two points. <laughs> All the first round picks from the Gobert trade, they were aborted. Join us in a moment of silence. And now it's time for Random Wolf of the Week, Arwell. Brandon, <laughs> give us the Random Wolf of the Week. All right, you guys know the rules. Who is Five it? hints. I'm not going to tell you. Sure. But if you were, who would it be? You get you get one guess before the first hint, and then we will go from there. It was. What? <laughs> 
It was the steamer. It was not Greg Steamsma. Clue number one. He attended the same college as Jalen Noel and Jaden McDaniels. Mm, Washington. Washington. Who else played That's, for Washington? I couldn't name another basketball player. Um, can I ask a supplementary question? <laughs> to you the can clue? ask. When? I, will, I cannot tell you that. How? Well. <laughs> okay, good. No, no well. So he was good. <laughs> this NBA, NBA player was yeah, good. Clearly. Okay, I think it was, ooh, I don't know. Let's say, may I take the reins on this one? Yeah, go ahead. I think it was Pooh Richardson. It was not Pooh Richardson. Shh. Clue number two. He was drafted sixth overall by the Timberwolves in 2006. Oh, that era, that era is hard for me. Um, so we're we're around OJ Mayo land, but that was 2007 or eight. So prior was it was it no was it Foy? Foy was UConn though. Yeah, he was not. No, wasn't was he? It does that doesn't matter. Wait, but wait, he, he wasn't Washington. You know, you you know for sure Foy? No, I think Washington. he was UNC. No, Foy wasn't UNC. That was UConn. But let's say Randy Foy. Sure, Randy Foy. Randy Foy is incorrect, and Randy Foy played at Villanova. Dang it, I knew it was. I, I was going to say Villanova I knew after was, Beck told yeah. me it was Villanova. <laughs> Shoot. Who was his teammate? Who was Randy Foy's teammate that was also good at Villanova? There was two guys. Scotty Reynolds. I don't know if it was Scotty Scottie Reynolds. Scotty Pippen. Wow. You can't look stuff I'm up, look, right I'm, looking up I'm looking at Randy Foy. I'm just Googling who it Villanova is. Villanova teammate. Clue number three. Goes by the nickname The Natural. I don't know if that helps me at all. The Natural? Just think of first round two thousand six. 2006. 2006? 2006. S- six Who was on the team in 2006? Um, was it Al Jefferson? No, we didn't no. draft Al Jefferson. Don't ask that. Don't. Shoot. Nah, sorry. I was. I thought. I thought. I thought Durf was the host, <laughs> not you. Um, no, no yeah, Je- right. Jefferson was, was like. Two, well, I guess it would have been 2006. But um, I got confused. The natural. Uh, Jonathan Gomes. Even Ryan Gomes. Jonathan, That's what I yeah, meant. Jonathan Ryan Gomes is Go- a made-up guy. Ryan, Jonathan, no, no, Ryan, we didn't. We Ryan, didn't. We didn't draft him, so we're not guessing that either. You're right. Who do we draft? And I wish we could call Washington, the audience, but yeah. they're hearing this in the future. Washington. I'm. I'm so angry. Washington six overall. You. You know that roster better, so just think of somebody that's. Mm. Also, might just need to guess to keep the game rolling. Let's say what well, they're drafted by the freaking Timberwolves. Yep, the natural. Yep, in Washington. Yep, in two thousand six. <laughs> yep, <laughs> those are oh, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm drawing a blank. I'm so freaking nervous. I know we get put on the spot. Can we have like twenty minutes to talk this over? <laughs> we can I, cut I, it just, out. Just throw out a guess. You'll get another hint. Fine, Ryan Gomes. Even though it doesn't. Ryan Gomes is incorrect. Yeah, clue number four. I'm so sad. I think you guys are going to be really thrown by this clue. He's three-time All-Star and two-time All-NBA. Really? And we drafted him? And we yep. traded him so immediately? He, oh, yeah. Wait, is it? It's not freaking It's not freaking Kevin Love because that was UCLA. But same coast. Though. Wait. Now I'm getting my years mixed up. Say it. No. Say it. No, say it to me, so it's not a guess. It's too early. I was just thinking, like, no. All NBA. It must be, like, maybe it's like, a, no, it can't be a defensive joint. Who is it? Because we drafted Kevin Love in 2007. Eight. God dang it. 2006. So we traded Kevin Garnett. And we drafted, who do we draft? We drafted, <clears throat> I'm, I'm so sad. I'm so sad. Wait, Washington. Yep. 
Six overall. Yeah. <laughs> 2006. Did we, did, we, yes. did we draft Jamal Crawford? No, we didn't draft Jamal Crawford. I know. I was, I'm just trying to think of Seattle area. I think Jamal it was. Crawford is famous Washington. Yeah, basketball I know. Player. That's what I was trying to. See, I, I don't know. He, he was drafted yeah. out of high school, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't freaking know, and I'm so sad. And it's not good podcasting. And it makes me so sad no, that I'm engaging in this right now. Um, I just want to be right. Who do we draft in 2006? Do we trade? Do we trade him? Can I ask that? Wait, is it? Can't ask anything. Either your hints are your hints. That's so sad. I keep I keep coming up with ideas, but then I'm like, is, say it. Tell, no, it's not because he went to Purdue. Uh, Robbie Hummel. That's also too late. Also, he was, also, picked, he was yeah. drafted Robbie Hummel sixth yeah. overall. He was did, he was pick fifty. Do we really? No, no, he was pick fifty. Oh, sorry, you said that. I was like, no way, we drafted him sixth. Yeah, Wait. you're right. First round pick. Um, six overall. Sixth overall in, two, in 2006. <laughs> yes, from Washington. Right. Yes, <laughs> just throw a guess out there. In 2006. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to think so hard. A lot of there's a lot of sixes in this thing. What was his number? <laughs> Please tell me his number. I don't. Or know. her number. <laughs> Simone Augustus. She was 33. Number three. Number three. In 2006. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was it no? Was it Sebastian Telfair? Sebastian Telfair is incorrect. I thought, do we draft him hey, and we trade him? We, let's just count getting a guess out there as a win. Okay. Because we trade, we, we draft final, him and we trade him. Final clue. Final Number clue. three? No, we got Sebastian Telfair in the Kevin Garnett trade. I thought we drafted him and then traded him and then we got him back. All right. Your final hint. Oh, God. He was traded on draft day for Randy Foy. Oh, then oh. it was Brandon Roy. Brandon Roy. Brandon Roy is correct. Dang it, dude. <laughs> oh, Washington. Six overall in 2006. I knew that. The clues all make sense now that we know the answer. The the sixth overall by the Wolves was designed to throw you guys off because you were going to be thinking of guys we had and then left and were good. But we actually drafted him. He was not with us until the last five games of his career. Yeah, until his knees (sighs) blew up. Dang it, I'm so angry. I should have for sure known that. When you said Randy Foy, I really thought you were going to. I told I thought I forgot that we we traded to get him because remember it was either Rudy Gay, Randy Foy, or Brandon Roy, and the joke was, "Well, will they draft Foy? It's going to cost one extra cent to put the E on the jersey." <laughs> so that was it. Um, yeah, Randy Foy went seventh overall, and it was just a one for one trade. Yeah. Well, I love it, uh, gentlemen. We're running kind of long, so I think we should maybe nix the bonus segment and do it some other time. I think that's a good idea. I'm pro that. Well, this was another rousing episode of Crunch Wears No Pants. This the vibes were better. The laughs are stronger. The sexual innuendos more explicit than they've ever been. Make sure if you made it this far in the podcast that you give us five stars on Spotify and then five stars and a written review on Apple. It helps the pod and we appreciate it. And make sure you follow us at No Pants Crunch. Again, if you make it this far, then you'll love our presence on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Go vote on the Wolves Things bracket. Yes, Elite go, Eight this week. Elite mm-hmm. Eight. When will that be launching? Thursday. Thursday. Results on? That's tomorrow? Uh, no, tomorrow is Wednesday. The time doesn't matter. Yeah, but to to the listeners, it's tomorrow. Well, that's so great. I hope you have a great end of 2022 and a great start of 2023. Um, I love you. If you haven't heard it yet today, you're loved. You are loved. Unless you're a scumbag. Yeah, then you're not loved. Then we hate you. Yeah. Jally thinking about Rudy Gobert. Are we going to get in trouble for Give me, give me the basketball. Because I'm on a duck.